Okay. So we were talking about your brand, um, your inner fat girl. And uh, yeah, if you want to explain what that is, how you got inspired and um, yeah, everything that you do with it. So with your inner fat girl, it is, it started as a food blog. And once it gained traction, the thought of the, the term fat girls taste better came to mind. And once they got into play, people really started to enjoy it. And then I created merchandise. And then that grew the business tremendously to a point to where I began to take it seriously. So that lasted for about two years with I had my shirt uh, with the red fat girls taste better on the left chest. And then I did my first campaign called Eat Good, Taste Better. So now I'm venturing into the tourism industry and just more so entertainment. And I'm launching my tours, taste tours. And the first roundup is called Bachelorette Bar Bounce in celebration of Galentine's. Awesome. So what has your experience been like with entrepreneurship and with like starting something of your own? Or is this the first one? Well, as of a few months ago, I resigned from my job. So I'm fully committed to Unifat Girl and working for myself. And I can say that it's a rough, a rough journey right now, but I know that this is the most defining time within my career because it's going to show me what I'm made of. So I'm just like trying to stay the course and be disciplined in what I'm doing right now because I'm in a very uncertain space, to be honest. So it's been about four months and I'm having to do certain things. So but when I was at my job, I did the math over and over, making sure that I could cover my bills. But what I, what I didn't do was understanding my lifestyle as well. So I know that I made the fault of with my business money, I would use it as my play money. So my, my job paid my bills, but you're a fat girl kept up my lifestyle. So yes, I'm able to pay my bills and, you know, have a roof over my head, but some things within my lifestyle had to change or decrease, which is fine. Like, so just understanding that if you're going to be one of the entrepreneurship, you have to make sacrifices and have to be willing to make those sacrifices in order to grow your business. So now I just know that everything has ran through my business and I have to just set larger goals for it to see, see, you know, be beneficial to myself and make sure I'm able to live and still have those pleasures that I like just like eating out so it's it's um it's a learning experience <laughs> because every day I just make sure I tell myself that I'm blessed because I don't have to go to work and clock in for somebody and I would never go back to that honestly well congrats on making the transition I think that's what a lot of people struggle with just even getting to the point where they can say you know what fuck it I don't want to work for anybody else I don't want to put in those hours and trade my time for a paycheck. But at the same time, you spoke about the discipline aspect. And I think that's the most important part or the most important component of this transition is when you can set your own schedule, you can just not be disciplined and you can like feel like you're working, but not really working. And it's a, it's a tricky balance to, to have. Um, and in terms of the lifestyle, I think, that's another factor, right? Because we don't want to downplay our appearance to the world or to other people on social media or whatever. Like nobody wants to downplay that. Once you once you have an audience, essentially, you don't want to then not do all the cool shit that you do 
or did to get that audience. So how have you personally dealt with that? That's a great question because you only want to seem as if you're getting better. Because I think within social media, now that you're in the entrepreneurship world, there's this pretty picture of entrepreneurship. So you should be only only getting more luxurious items. When I struggle with this, I'm like, I don't, I don't see the girls that are scaling back. But what I've done is I just reuse a lot of my content. So recycling content is just major. So pulling up stuff from years ago and people, they can't remember. They're just not. I'm not that person that doesn't want to wear an outfit because I wore it a year ago on the same day. So I think that's a good, a good tactic to you, just recycling some stuff, making it look fresh. I like that. That's actually really funny. That's like super cool. I think um, I'm I'm sure a lot of people kind of do various different things to to create those perceptions. Um, Unfortunately, the people that suffer are the ones that aren't able to see past that and they kind of feel forced to maintain that lifestyle. And I've been around a lot of people, my friends, family included, that feel the need to, you know, whatever, buy the latest bag or have a different bag for 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 this and that occasion. I don't know. But those are like side conversations. I think it's just interesting to to think about that. Why do we feel the need to really like, why does that sell? You know what I mean? Why does that resonate with people? No, I, I've never been that person, but I've noticed, I think with with material things come a lot of fake people around you. And with this this image, people just want to be, they want to be around you. They want to see, I guess, how you're getting it. And I I just, I really don't know. It's so special. I, I can't tell you. Well, I want to say like, I don't want to completely shit on it. It it is like, it's good to have nice things if you work hard for them and you want a high quality product and you want to enjoy a certain life. Like obviously nothing against that. I do do that myself, but I don't understand like doing it for other people. That's the part that's confusing. And I think that's damaging a lot of um, younger people. And it's good to have brands and people that value authenticity like yourself. So what made you, want to remain authentic what made you want to embrace um what made you want to embrace this sort of even statement you know fat girls taste better like what made you want to embrace that and and be outspoken with it at a time where you know it's viewed a certain way I think I've been able to stick with this because that's what also made your inner fat girl grow that's why I have my audience and why they've been so loyal to so I always say this, but your inner fat girl, it saved my life. So when I first began your inner fat girl, I was a sophomore in college and I wasn't the person that I am now. I was very hesitant to be myself. I was surrounded by four other girls and like my roommates. And if they made a comment about something that I did, that was my, that was genuinely a part of me. And they didn't like that. I might've like, you know, not done that anymore. So your inner fat girl was really just my outlet to be myself. So when people started to like that, that pushed me just to, you know, be myself out loud. So at that, at this point, I have no choice but to, you know, give people what they want. And that's just me. I have nothing else to give but myself. And through that, I've just inspired a wave of other urinary fat girls to just be okay with showing their true self and not abiding by what everyone else is doing on social media, to be honest. 
Could you explain that a little bit more? Like as examples? I Just remember. Explain, sorry, go ahead. But no, what were you saying? I was going to say, explain it in the context of like what, what does it really mean to be an inner fat girl? Like, what does that mean? That means expressing yourself freely in, in all categories and um, or expressing your, yourself freely and not feeling ashamed to want to like eat food or something like how do you contextualize it you know the fat girl to me means that inner fierce girl inside of you that doesn't always show outside so you maybe feel more comfortable saying this is your inner person and like everybody has their special fears that comes out at certain times that you're it's your best self and I think there's this person, everybody has this inside of them that they are just growing to be. I can look at this person that I want to create in my mind. And all you have to do to achieve that is just be that person. So I, every, every person has an inner fat girl, whether it's their inner Sasha fears, their inner, their inner bad bitch, their inner, you know, their inner star. Everybody has that person. So I just encourage everyone to just live that out loud, out loud and be okay with showing that to everyone else. Yeah. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure you're you're thinking about all these other things that you just said as products and taglines as well. I think there's value there. I think there's a lot of value in diversifying it to incorporate everything because when I first looked at it, as 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 myself, like I felt kind of left out, right? And obviously, that's not on purpose. That's just the way your brand came about authentically to you. But anyone can apply this philosophy basically all your inner fears um so again do you have any instances that come to mind maybe from college or something where you felt like you couldn't express yourself yes often so I hate to say because I'm still friends with the girls today I can remember I was laying in the quad in school and this is something so simple that like just stood out to me so I was laying in the quad and one of my roommates passed and she's like, Natalie, you're so fucking weird. And I like to be in the sun. I like to lay out. A lot of other people at school did too. But when she said that, I felt that I almost had to hide that I enjoyed that and that, that I like nature. And it's something so true. It's like, but I, it wasn't what she said to me. It was the fact that I, I couldn't be the person to just say, okay, and what, like, this is me. I enjoy it. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough to be that person. So that really frustrated me. And I remember another instance where I would take my old wine bottles and I would put flowers in them. And another one of my kids would comment, only now. So I didn't know how to take that. It just, it, it killed me inside. I just frustrated me. I hate that it bothered me so much, but today I can be like, okay, well, this is what I like. I think it's creative. It adds a little more character to my bedroom. And it could have been that, but I wasn't in the place that I am now to own up to it. Yeah. And that also kind of teaches you how to deal with people, would you say? Because when you're, when, when people give you, like, we, we all grow up with experiences or memories like this, where somebody said some shit and you're like, oh, in the moment, it's the, it's the end of the world, right? It overwhelms, you're emotionally overwhelmed and you think, wow, I can't, like, I can't do this, or this is not cool, whatever. And later on, after periods of maturity, you realize, wow, I I really, like, learned from that. 
Um, but what I wanted to say was, once you learn from it, you approach conversations differently, right? So like in your in your business, you deal with a lot of people, you're constantly meeting people, as am I. And I've learned that all of the things that I used to get bothered by are now tools that allow me to navigate through conversations and relationships. So what have you, like, what, what's your sort of approach to relationships and dealing with people? My approach is understanding that everybody's dealing with something. They have different experiences that have led them to be who they are today and giving them grace to be themselves really. And just taking a step back and just giving the benefit of the doubt or understanding where they're coming from. If somebody says something cool to you, it's not even about you. It's about them. And just understanding that and just, you know, being strong enough to or having the mental capacity to understand that they not they may not be sure of themselves to make a comment so to want someone else. Yeah. So I say just giving people grace to be themselves really and just knowing that everybody's personality stems from something. Some of that maybe happened in their childhood or led up to their adulthood. So just giving them yeah. grace. It's I find that to be kind of difficult. Um, I don't know. I just get really like I have like an emotional response to certain things, but I'm learning to be more um more calm and take the approach that you described. And that's just for the listeners to like kind of understand that if you view it from the other person's perspective and you like seek to understand what they want, because everybody really just wants what's best for them. Like as much as we don't want to admit it, we all think about what we want to do and how it furthers what we're doing. Um, And then every, all the other selfless shit is like just the cherry on top. But if you like seek to understand how you can benefit the other person, I think it serves you well. And I want to ask you in, in your experiences, have you ever encountered somebody that was like difficult to get along with or work with? And what did you do to make that sort of interaction and situation work? Yeah, I've dealt with somebody who was more on the, you may not encounter this often, more on the shy side. So you have to go out your way to, you know, take a peek into their life or just meeting them where they're at. So we have to, you know, when you have to be on a team with somebody, they're, they may not be able to, you know, really give much input out loud, but they may be working behind the scenes. So just finding a way, like a common ground and just connecting with that person. So you may have to do more work, but I think, you know, if you're able to do that, just put in the extra effort. And I was just dealing with somebody, you know, who was just, I saw, I saw this one young lady, I saw her in myself. She was just same age as me, but she was shy. So she wasn't able to be the person she was. I saw online, she was one person. But in person, she wouldn't really show me herself or didn't really even speak much. So just meeting them where they're at, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a good perspective. Not being quick to judge also. Um, And that speaks to what we talked about earlier, right? Like judging based on appearances. Um, Judging based on immediately what we see from other people as opposed to actually penetrating through and like learning about a person's inner being um but yeah. moving on I, I wanted to ask you about what you see with the brand like what's the future what where do you want to take this what roadmap do you have 
So I see it as your inner fat girl being the umbrella that everything falls underneath. So that's the apparel line of fat girls taste better. And then now I have the other extension, which is the taste tours. So right now it's fat girls taste NOLA. Next year, maybe fat girls taste Miami. So with the tour, I'm able just to touch so many different people within the tourism market. People that travel to New Orleans, I'm going to be able to give them a taste of New Orleans through my eyes. And then they can take a piece of them back to wherever they're at. So I see Unifeca is, is not local. And I hope it will be national one day and then international. I think that it resonates with so many women that they can benefit it from some way. And that my brand is needed in society today to maybe save the girls. Save the girls from this, this social mentality of being perfect and having this idealistic view of life. So that's what I see in the background. Yeah, yeah we, we, we could take that so many directions. I mean, I do want to speak on that without really speaking on that, because then if I speak on it, it may be looked at as like, why are you speaking on it? But I want to <laughs> say that I understand it. Um, and I think it's admirable and really good that you want to impact you know girls women in in a positive way and especially now when I think there's kind of a divide um and I think the divide is growing even though obviously men and women are always going to have relationships and I'm only speaking about men and women in this context but there's still like this divide that the other party like people don't get along and I think with something like this you bring people together um there you can also like you can bring people together um in terms of uh the tasting tour what does that look like what does so that we're consist have, of and we're going to travel from to three to four different restaurants to just have a taste of what each place offers so the first place we're going to have some cocktails and bites and then we're going to go to two black owned restaurants since it's black history month and then the final spies are more low key stuff that people don't really know about and we're taking a sprinter bus. Awesome. So that's like, um, it's a cool experience for people that want to try out different foods and kind of have a night out. Yeah. Right. Have cool. a good night. Yeah, that's good to hear. I'll link that in the description. I don't know if what the availability status of that is, but if anybody listening is interested, this is only in New Orleans? For now, yes. For now, right so now. Okay. Sold out, but I'll be doing them monthly. Okay, sounds good. Um, well, I appreciate you doing this. If you want to let everybody know where they can find you, uh, the brand and anything else, please uh, feel free. You can view all things your inner fat girl on Instagram at your inner fat girl, or you can visit my website yourinnerfatgirl.com. You can find my merchandise at on Instagram at fatgirlstastebetter.shop. You can also shop on the website. Awesome. Let me pause.